0: By way of introduction, I want to uh, let you guys know, though you probably already know this by now, but for the next 90 minutes, you're going to hear someone who uh, is not stopping by to just have us be one more person on their speaking circuit. That's not happening. We're not one more book stop for him. That's not happening. But what is happening is that a man who has decided a long time ago, five decades ago, to put Jesus first and to share Christ first above all things. So why is that important to a happening now service? Because we can talk all about what's going on in Iran and Syria and Russia and China and in America. We can look at all these various biblical issues and we will do that in time, but not tonight because tonight it's going to be about the most important thing regarding all of that. You know, we can get so bogged down in studying Bible prophecy that we forget to do anything with it, right? We can get so excited about, oh my goodness, look at this, look at that. That we don't put anything into action or practice. And you guys know that Jesus is a man of action. Our God is a God of action. That none of us in this room is interested in theory. We're interested in actually living out our faith. That God is real, He loves us, and He created us for a purpose. He's the ultimate design engineer for why you live. And tonight, as we go through this amazing interview, you have got to make sure that you determine tonight to leave this building a changed person because you will be challenged. And um, part of that challenge I've watched happen when I have traveled with this man, when I've been places with him. He really does. What he talks about, I'm talking about the Billy Graham uh, recipient award in evangelism. He started um, making a small family business that started in 1901. That just chugged along. That by the time it came to him, he decided, "Let's. We got a product that's good enough." Uh, let's let's take it to the world. And he received a lot of pushback on that. You would think that's a businessman, right? Dream come true. Let's, let's go for it. Uh, but it didn't go over well. And so uh, he did it really on his own. And uh, he has created a global business. He's an icon in this field of really automotive, can I call it beautification? Uh, In your garage or in your house, you probably have McGuire's Auto Wax or McGuire's Treatment. And that is Barry McGuire's world. And God has blessed him. But uh, he would say right now, Jack, no, that's not my world. Jesus is my world. And that's a fact. So listen, give a warm welcome tonight to Barry McGuire. All righty. So listen, you guys. Before we get going, uh, he's written a book. This is that, that. There's that iconic. All the guys know this. Do any ladies in here know this? All right. But um, he's going to share, and he's going to share a lot. And so you're going to hear him talk a lot. I just want to remind you, he's got his latest book, his newest book that is out, and uh, I think there's 300 copies out in the foyer. Barry, I think you'll be there after. Tonight. I
1: reckon so, yes. And
0: um, that's <laughs> going to be tremendous. So you guys, let's give it to God right now. Father, <laughs> we pray that you'd bless our time together. And Father, that there'd be a profound <laughs> exhortation that comes out of what Barry has to say. There are so many ways that people could look at him and say, well, how can he relate to me? But Lord, I know his story. Many in this room know his story. But... Thank you that tonight many will know his story. And his story is, in fact, Jesus Christ. So, Father, bless our time together now, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, Barry, let's dive into this because um, as we look, as we consider your book, 26 chapters. in a very very powerful book but the most important thing is ignite your life ignite's been a big theme about your life <laughs> and uh how did it all get started how did you get started
1: oh, well if you talk about sharing your faith I, I, not too many you have been sharing their faith every day for 50 years <laughs> karen i've been doing that every day for 50 years and um it, it really started back when um in the first days of our marriage. And uh, we were well-churched and Sunday morning, Sunday night, and volunteering for everything and giving and all the stuff we did with that. But we didn't have any joy. Um, We had happiness, but we didn't have joy. And it seemed like the more we volunteered, the the less joy we had. And we kept saying, this doesn't make sense. God, I mean, (laughs) what's going on here? So we started praying for joy. And uh, we went to a banquet, I was sitting it's placed right next to the speaker of the day, who is, whose name was Herb Ellingwood, who was at the time, I'll give you my, my age now. He was the legal affairs secretary for Governor Reagan.
0: Governor Reagan? Yeah. Oh, those were the days. Oh,
1: yeah. And uh, I was anxious to talk to him about Reagan. Do you really pray in his office and all that? And so I got up. I had about an hour before he spoke. And in that hour, he never mentioned Reagan, and I never thought of Reagan he he went from one story to the next, laughing and crying and laughing and crying, and then I was on a plane. And last night I was in this restaurant, and he was just out of his gourd, excited. He had joy, <laughs> and um, I walked away from there, Karen. and I both did. And I was in tears, and I said, "That's I want that. I I want, I wow. want what Herb, Herb has." When I get to have it after seeing my daughter and and our loved ones, I got to make a beeline for her Bellingwood, and how he changed a a young guy's life way back in those days. He wouldn't even thought about it. And you never do. You don't know. You invest in somebody, you don't know where that's going to go. But from there, we started sharing our faith. And uh, in three years, we were sharing our faith a lot and thinking we should go into full-time ministry instead of our business but the business I'm the, I'm the third generation leader of the business and we're doing about seven eight hundred thousand dollars worth of business a small business and i knew if i left it would fail mm-hmm. and so i prayed the most earnest prayer literally the most fervent prayer of my life prayer of my life that day and said god if you want me to go into full-time ministry i will do it i will do it i promise you i'll do it but i i need to know that that's what you really want me to do and I said you almost have to speak to me in an audible voice is what I said to him. Hmm. And and not twenty minutes later, a guy by the name of Dave McNutt walked into my office who I didn't know. I knew him from church. I knew he's a missionary kid, my age. He grew up in Africa, but I'd never had never exchanged a glance with him. And he walks in all smiles, high hey, where I was in the area, thought I'd stop by and see how it's going, what's what's happening? And so I thought, well, he's not interested in cool cars and shiny paint finishes. So I started sharing, uh, you know, faith-sharing stories. And he said, wow, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? And I said, well, why would you say that? He said, because a minister can't reach the people you're reaching, but as a businessman, you can. And he gave me these words. Now, this was in um, 1976, okay? Almost 50 years ago. He said, your business, your pulpit, and it is because a pastor can't reach the people you're reaching, but as a businessman, you can. And he just said, it just makes so much sense that you're here. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to tell you this prayer I just prayed not, not 20 minutes ago about whether I should go uh, into full-time ministry or not. I so said, he has to speak to me. And he said, well, that makes complete sense. I said, why? He said, I, I just dropped missionaries off at Orange County Airport. I was driving up Red Hill, and God spoke to me and said, go see Barry McGuire, Wow. And and I argued with him all the way I, I argued with him all the way to your, to your office saying, I don't know this guy. I, I don't I don't know what kind of business he's in. I'm gonna make a fool of myself, but he would not let me go. Can you imagine? I mean he just when God wants things to, to, to <laughs> happen. He knew our hearts. He knew that I was about to make a big mistake. Said, if I'd become a pastor, I would have been a horrible pastor. I'm, I'm a Mrs. Thank God that he didn't let me go into the pastor. That's car, how it all started. But your
0: car would have been very shiny. Oh, yes. Of
1: course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so... The business, the business had been. I mean, generationally, your grandfather, your father, yeah, and
1: selling body shops and car. You know, we're buffing cars. I, the way I sold the product, I didn't have college. Was I would go into body shops and car dealers and buff with an electric buffer, and that's how we sold Just our product. To show them. That was our entire business. And God inspired me to go retail. And, so you're um,
0: doing this, and this is your tent making. The the Book of Acts would would call it your tent making skills. Uh, If any of you out out there are young, you need to know something. Oh, I want to be involved in ministry. That's great. But know this, that uh, according to the scriptures, everybody involved in ministry had a tent-making skill, meaning that they had uh, an ability to make income, right? They were not not entitled into the ministry. So here's Barry. Uh, Now, the third generation taking this business, that, began, that started out waxing or treating uh, carriages, wasn't it? The I
1: Actually, before that, my, my, there, there was a limitation on uh, car wax sales back in 1901, so my grandfather was doing furniture polish. Furniture And polish. he was obsessed with, he wasn't a chemist, and he was selling a furniture polish, nobody liked it, he decided to create his own, he said, God help me create a finish that, that creates a perfect finish on black lacquer furniture. That was, that was his passion and God gave him a very unusual mix of ingredients that helped him to accomplish that goal. He was in Evansville, Indiana, over half of the horseless carriage manufacturers were in the state of Indiana, and without his permission, people started taking his furniture polish and putting it on carriages, and his product became a carriage polish without him doing anything about it, all right? So it was a miracle from the very beginning. Then he moved to California in 1913, and, then by the time uh the end of world war ii car guys came back from the war and they knew how to build engines faster make cars sleeker they started doing things with the cars and they wanted a great paint finish so they go to their custom painters and and get spend a lot of money for these paint finishes and they, all the painters were using our products and so in the next 10 years 20 years basically every painter in the country was using mcguire's products on the professional side they're all retail now. They're all wanting to keep this finish looking this way. And they would get, the painter would give them a bottle of our polish and say, just use Meguiar's in this finish. Nobody knew us. We had no advertising program. But basically every car guy in the country was aware of Meguiar's products. And I found this. as I traveled across the country and they, they told me how they found out about our products. They said, why aren't you in retail? So then God inspired me to say, we, you need to go retail. And then the family was against it, and that's a whole other thing. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a civil war back home. But, uh. Isn't that something?
0: <laughs> and so, uh, need, needless to say, it's gone global. It's been global. And and so, with all of that, somebody might say from from the viewer side, well, you're Barry McGuire, and you have had a life uh, of, of uh, supply and privilege and care and <laughs> and niceties <laughs> nothing could possibly yeah, course, you got a great smile course, on your yes. face what could possibly have ever gone wrong in oh his my. life i mean oh we're talking my. about sharing jesus it must be easy for this guy to share christ
1: i, I was in a family business was buffing cars and body shops okay uh, karen my lovely wife karen 60 years buried. where are you karen right here in the front row this is this is our story but she's the extrovert. She loves everybody. You know, if you, if you hung around here, what, she'd know all your names. And we would go into business settings always. I mean, continually having to build the brand. And I would literally hide behind her. Now, you, you do know this is hard for us. No, to no, but I, I would hide behind her. She'll tell you. And she would start the, the conversations. And once she had it going a bit, that I would pop out and say, I'm her husband. <laughs> And for years, she gave me $5 a week to live on. That was, that was, that mean, much? That was, that was the case. So, no, we had a we were struggling little business, family business, lots of problems within the family business and, and different parts. Of it. You just read the book, you, you'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, it was a whole different world. Um, but you know what? When you, when you start sharing your faith, you step into all the promise of God. And we'll get to these in, in a few minutes, yes. I suppose. But all of a sudden, he just gives you great confidence. that changes your life it just changed your life. And and I look at it, we're all called to share our faith.
0: That's right. He didn't
1: say, we you know, all. go into the world, all you who have certain personalities, <laughs> right? Uh, right. Or, or, or you've been trained or you're paid or whatever. He just said, go. And notice he didn't say go in the world and read the Bible. That's true. And he didn't say go in the world and pray. No, we're all called. Yes, you know, I right. often say all of us are witnesses. Some of us are witnesses for the prosecution. <laughs> we, you know, we're pushing people in the wrong direction we got to stop that we sometimes don't even know that you go in the restaurant and you make a lot of noise and you talk about God and the, the waitress on Sunday would rather be home with her kids hmm. but she's got to wait on Christians and they're more demanding and they stay longer than they should and then they stiffer on the tip what did they do to that waitress without even realizing they're going out they'd had a great day and they don't know they just push that waitress The Christian should be. That's right. So you got to be looking. People are watching you all the time. We are a city set on a hill. People are watching us, and so that brings everything into submission. So you start doing it because you you want to do everything you can to get as many people into heaven as possible, in the amount of time we have left. So that's you guys. (laughs) You guys.
0: um, (laughs) The first time uh, Barry and I ever had lunch together was an. I think you picked me up at the airport. We were in. Flags, or not flakes? Oh, Scottsdale. Wasn't it Scottsdale oh, it or It could have been. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Regardless,
1: we sat down we've, to, we've regardless, yeah. we sat down to <laughs> eat
0: at a restaurant and uh, the hostess came up or the server came up and was taking our order and everything was just squared away. Before she started to walk away, Barry and Karen both said, uh, oh. we're people of prayer. We, we love to pray. Is there something we can pray for you for? Now, think about how simple of an invite that is. And the girl paused for a moment. You thought her answer was going to be no. But she started to think, and she said, well, yes. And she began to share her story, her need, right at the table. And that door just opened up. All because they saw, she saw... Burying, caring, caring about her life. And so when you ask someone, is there something I can pray for you for? And I love how you, you can even say, you know what, we are a people of prayer. We're going to pray over our meal here in a moment. I know you're busy working. Is there something that we can pray for you for? That just begins, as you so greatly say, it's a trademark of yours, is moving someone closer
1: to Jesus move every, every day. Move everybody every day. Move everybody, everybody. That's everybody. Get that? It starts in the kitchen, in in the bathroom in the morning. All right? I mean, I can look at Karen sometimes and say, I think I didn't just move you closer to Jesus for that (laughs) last comment. It's everybody. You move everybody every day closer to Jesus. Uh, we're getting some cop outs from the book and people are just, they're, they're just doing the steward, the, 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 the waitress person and nothing else. They think they've accomplished it. Yeah, true. Well, that's just, that's you just, know, so. once or twice a day, you have that opportunity, but you have opportunities. You're, you're with people continue Everywhere you go, you're with people. And 80% of them are lost. Yeah. And, and we try not to, we don't necessarily say, we're people of prayer. We're godly people. <laughs> we, 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 re, we just take it as casual as we can. We say, you know what? We're a bunch of crazy Christians. We'll we, we just say different things. like, that. And we're going to pray for a meal, and we always ask our server. It's yeah. not just you. We always ask our server if anything we pray for you. And you know what? We're finding out almost everybody has, prayer, uh, has needs today. And, and that all of a sudden takes the, the pain out of it all of a sudden. Oh, and more than half the time. More that's than right. half the time, they'll give you, and, and usually an emotional yeah. answer. It's just it's just crazy.
0: Well, what you are so uh, prolific at doing and promoting is evangelism from the believer. A lot of people will think, well, look, he won the Billy Graham Award, so I didn't. Uh, that's his thing. But no, the scripture says, Paul told Timothy that we must do the work of an evangelist. Oh, yeah. Which means (laughs) every single one of us need to be (laughs) ready to share uh, when that door opens. And God, I believe that God will bring every day someone across your path of life, that it's built in, that God builds that in. But as a pastor, my burden, my heart is, oh, God, please, may they go out and do what was just taught. I mean, that's my big thing. It's kind of like, I would imagine somebody cooks a big meal and then people come yeah. and they don't eat it. It's like, what? <laughs> when, when, as a pastor teacher, you want people to take in the word and then go do the word. Do it. yeah. And yeah. yet, yeah. that's part of making disciples. But the disciple, as you said, is to go, Chuck Smith said years ago, healthy sheep produce healthy sheep. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And so... Yeah to to take the word of god and to do it must have must incorporate evangelism but people hear the word evangelism they get scared
1: oh nobody wants to evangelize nobody wants to be evangelized and nobody wants to evangelize just forget that term altogether instantly about everything you've been taught about evangelism if you want to use that term is wrong you show me a verse of the bible that says you're supposed to to memorize and recite stuff and the and key points. And all of that. It's not there. And, 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 and quite frankly, when you're talking to people, you can't orchestrate what they're going to, what, what you need to say. Mm. There's no way you can, you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden you find their, their son committed suicide last night, mm. or their wife just walked out on them, or they just found, they had, you have no idea where it's going to go. That's right. So... You have to get away from the, from, the, from the class. I appreciate evangelism programs. Karen and I went to several of them. They helped us. I, millions of people have been saved by evangelism programs. But most of us do not go to evangelism programs. Then we feel we're not entitled. The fact of the matter is you don't need to do anything but love. He said, they'll know you're my disciple by your love. So just love on everybody. Everybody touch them. Look them in the eye. If nothing else, just say, hey, have a good day. And, and God bless you. And look in the look them in the eye when yeah. you say that. And and you'll be surprised how many times they'll tear up by you just telling them God loves you. So every day is an adventure. I mean, every day's an adventure. You walk in the room, it's like, what does God have in store for me now? And you have no That's idea exactly where it's going right. to go. But it's it's it becomes so much fun to see how God brings people into your life and and, and then He gives you the words to say. Mark 13, 11, says, don't prepare. Don't prepare. Stop preparing. <laughs> Luke 12, 12, says, the Holy Spirit will give you the, the words to say. It's amazing. So when you do that, there is no other way to have... The intimacy with God, folks, hear me on this. There is no other way. I convince. There's no other way to have intimacy. We can have all this Bible knowledge. We all yeah. are educated way more than we deserve. We have all this stuff. We get, but but we're not applying it. And if we don't apply it, it's dead and useless. We need to do something with what we're being told. So when you, when you do that and you use it, then all of a sudden God's speaking through you, and and you see the change in the person right in front of you, and you walk away and say. Guy just used me. I pedal, I pedal car wax. And he just used me to change that life. And it puts a bounce in yourself. I got to tell you, it's like it's, it's exciting. And we have that experience every day. People say, Why, why are you so joyful? You know, they often say, Did you care? why are you so happy all the time? You always have joy. You always have. Man, we're just coming off one of those experiences. And we know another one's coming up. And guess what? Nobody's having to tell us to get into the Word. We're digging like crazy. We're in, you're in the game. You're praying. Everything's working. Everything's working. And when you do that, then he takes your business or whatever your profession is you or going? housewife or parenting or whatever, going? and he turned, turns it all into good. And we'll get to that scripture in a minute. That's suspect. Yep. Yeah, like
0: that. absolutely. <laughs> so it, uh, the, the joy. So uh, you've known the Lord.
1: My whole life. Yeah, I, I, I many generations of both gen- sides of my family. I accepted the Lord when I was 14. But I, but gen- yeah, I grew 14. up in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all that. So
0: one of the great things about, and you, you know this, one of the great things about being around a new believer is that they act like Barry. <laughs> is, is that they're so excited to tell somebody, right? And you love being around a new believer because yeah. they'll just, the overwhelming, uh, relationship that they immediately have with jesus is so real that some more what's the word more refined believers get a little nervous around a new believer because it's like calm down will you well god delights in the passion that that new believer has it's a new love it's when you it's it's true in life and it's true with god and you say well Wow, you know, I'd like to have that. Well, if you'd really like to have that, then you need to get back to that first love relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, we all know this, book of Revelation, God says so. To return, to get back to that first love relationship. Why? Here's a man who has walked with Jesus all his life, and when he was influenced by that man to just put Christ first in everything and tell people... It keeps you and I, the older believers, Mm -hmm. in that fresh Mm -hmm. new place Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it's thrilling all the time. And all of us are called to different things. What you do with your skills, those have been given to you by God. But you can use those skills no matter what it is. Somebody might say, well, I'm a, I'm a, a lineman for the Edison company, what can I do? Well, you're not the only lineman there. There's somebody else there. There's something to share. And once you do that, because you know when you do it, people, when you begin to share, when you decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell that guy about Jesus, the first thing that happens is your throat goes dry, your tongue starts to shrivel up, your heart rate increases. And I'm just talking about me. I don't know about you. But it's true. It's not natural because it has to be supernatural. Okay? <laughs> what Barry is saying is, let God be God. Just let God be God. Yeah. And if this imagine just in this room tonight, if if we took Barry's example and challenge tonight, because you're going to be challenged tonight, to do this tomorrow. By the time we meet up on Sunday, mm. well, I'll be able to tell. Oh, you'll be you'll be the ones <laughs> glowing at the Sunday service because that's exactly what happens there's something about what you know but when you repeat what you know to others who need to know it that's when you light up i think that's why teaching is one of the great things no matter what you might teach if it's engineering or design or art when you know it then you teach it you see the excitement of it it reciprocates it's it's remarkable
1: yeah and um so Barry, you have. So let me get a comment on that just for a second. I don't want to interrupt. Can I, can you I, can at can all. I jump to you just for? Real? Well, you think jump. of the new Christians, the most aggressive, most vociferous uh, faith shares are new Christians, right? And and they've never had a class. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know Scripture, <laughs> but they do have God as their first love. They've just been saved. They re- if they're really saved, they realize God just saved them from hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they're very happy about and, that. And they can't wait till, I was saved, I yeah. was blind, and now I see. They got this excitement. We're not supposed to lose that as we go on. That's, That's right. Not, that is not God's plan. That's right. It is not. So when when you, in in the Revelation chapter 2, yep. the letter of the church, we've been, Karen and I have been to all seven of the churches, but the letter of the church at Ephesus, he says, he's talking to us, Christians. Yep. He, I know you go to church. I know you give generously. I know you do a good teaching for bad. He's talking about us. He's "But I have this against you. Mm. You've left your first love. Whew. And you're no longer doing the first work. And then, you know, he says to the Christians, he says, Repent. Yes, he does. I have I, I, I no way to say it. The pastor should be saying this, but I'm just quoting the scripture. <laughs> He's telling Christians to repent. That's exactly right. And return to your first love, okay? There's some of you in this room tonight that need to do that. What you, what you love, what you're excited about, you talk about, whatever it is. If you had a great hamburger last night, you're probably talking about it today, <laughs> right? Whatever you're excited about. So if you're not talking about God and you're going through the motions, I got to tell you, God is no longer your first love. That's right. You've left your first love. But He's saying to all of us, repent mm. and come back to Me. That's 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 a that, serious message. <laughs> that 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 first love, yeah. Yeah.
0: That um. When when we have lost that first love, things mm. of of faith become atrophied it's as though yeah. like a muscle's not being used yeah uh things aren't exciting anymore somebody might say hey let's you know let's pray or let's get together let's let's have this time <clears throat> of, of of being in the word they see it as a burden they see it as a problem
1: now yeah. rather than this is you, what you-, you see it all the time we're, we're with christians on a regular basis that when you get to the meal you say how much should we talk about god we talked about the church we talked about different christians we talked about politics but there was no burning you know yeah. just what do we do and how can we work together and who do we need to pray for and yeah. just being in the game there's a sense of sitting on the sideline and quite frankly only about one percent of us are sharing our faith do you know that hmm. only about one percent of us are sharing this faith these are hard numbers yes here's here's a better number way better number do you know that over 80% of the unchurched, now about 90% of, the church, of, of, of America is unchurched, okay? Uh, over 80% of the unchurched know the world's out of control. These are hard statistics, they're on our website. They know the world's out of control. They would like to believe there's a God. They want to believe there's a God. Mm. They want to They're looking for somebody to tell them. And get this, they already have at least one Christian in their life that they trust. Do you realize we could we could ignite America's revival in about thirty days if we wanted to? Yeah, but only one percent of it. It is literally the fields are white for harvest. They are. They're championing the bed. They're frightened. Yes, they sir. want to know is a God, and we're walking around keeping it in the bushel basket. That's the problem with the church. Today. The problem is not the world. And you can't solve these problems in Washington, no matter right. what you do. That's right. They're, their eyes are blinded. Right. The reason they're making these stupid decisions in, in, in legislature are just being people, they're, they're dumbed down. God has said that Satan's the ruler of this world, and he's blinded their eyes, and they can't see truth. They, they see evil as good and good as evil. We're seeing that today. That's right. Whose fault is that? No. It's ours. It's ours. I'm a layman. I'm not a pastor. I'm just one of you. We got to get off the bench and get to the game, and we've got game. We can do this. Oh, we can right. we can change Southern California. This truth right here. We are really can. And the game is the gospel. They've yeah. got
0: they've got all these things bearing mm. down on them. The world that wow. is. Yeah. And the the game is the gospel. And so we all know. We've never lived at a time. Uh, well, I, I I I mean, I can't say that. I didn't. I wasn't alive during the World War II era. I would. Have, I would have thought. I would think that that would have brought much fear to a lot of people. But uh, I can't do anything about the World War II era. I wasn't there. But you and I are here now, and here we are, so far out from COVID, and yet Lisa and I have just gone on a trip, and uh, I was shocked. I was shocked. Uh, to be in two European countries. Uh, one of them did not shut down. And it, I found it interesting because this one ch- this one country that didn't shut down mm-hmm. w- is a country that on Sunday, all the stores are closed. Wow. And the churches are packed. Wow. Isn't that... Did you, don't wow. you see the correlation wow. to this? The other country was completely shut down, terrified, terrified, suicidal. And their churches didn't open and their churches, by and large, stayed closed, but they were captivated by fear. But we were, we were just there. And, and both those countries are living as though COVID had never happened. But then we come back to the United States the other day and we see people. It shocked us because we had spent two weeks away and we had to come back to America to see a people group, uh, a self-imposed, right? There's no mask mandate right now, is there? But people terrified right now, masked up, and still living as though there's some germ walking down the street my point is this one has taken the place of COVID is fear it's absolute fear and if you don't know that know it now but what it means to us as believers it's almost as though god is dangling before us this golden apple to go for it because when we see the culture that you and i live in uh it, it this culture needs jesus uh, I'm not going to say like never before, because, you know, this country's 250 years old. But I'm telling you, in my lifetime, this country needs Jesus like it has never needed him before. And we have, in fact, you and I talked about this before. I love the story. Strike that. Wrong word. I'm getting away from the word story. I love the account of when God told Gideon, get your guys together a motley crew, right? Go read about Gideon. Go find some some pottery, okay? So they go get some pots, and these grown men with these pots, they're holding pots, and God says, light torches, and put the torches inside the pots. Then go out into the dark, line yourself on the slope of the mountain toward the enemy, and when the trumpet is blown... I want you to break the pots. And these guys, who had no hope of defeating the enemy, went out there and did exactly what God had said. They broke the pots. The light on this hillside came bursting forth, and the enemy began to flee in absolute terror and panic. And Barry said, you know, Corinthians tells us that we are earthen vessels. Which, you know, if you're a chemist or a biologist, we are. We are actually made out of dirt. And the Bible says that we hold the truth of the gospel in these earthen vessels. And so what we're encouraging you tonight to do is when, when this program tonight is over, consider yourself becoming um, a, a broken vessel that shines the light. From this time forward, each and every one of you to determine one, imagine one time a day you're going to share
1: Christ. Time out. Time out. Yes. That is. One of those things we've been told forever. Forgive me, you're my yeah, pastor. Do it, do it. And you, it. I mean, you, I can slay, you know, it's like. But this one time a day thing is not correct. Good, go, do it, do okay? it. Okay, can I correct her? Can it's I do true. that? All I don't day, know, can I do that?
0: All day long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, it's one of these, you know, find somebody today or somebody this week to share your faith with. My question is, okay, out of all the people I'm going to be with today, that are going to hell, uh, how do I pick one? <laughs> and, and how do I pick the right one? You, you know, I got to tell you more times than not, when I'm sharing my faith all day long, it is oftentimes the one with the, yes. with the piercing and the green hair the other or the guy whatever is, that responds in tears. Isn't that true? And so we have no idea what's going on behind that facade. So that's why, this is the key phrase folks, if we could encourage you tonight to walk out tonight and say for now until i breathe my last breath i, I god i want to move everybody every day closer to jesus yeah. every day everybody right move everybody every day do you hear me on this we can do that as you say what can happen between now and sunday yeah absolutely oh my goodness i mean it would be incredible and we got talking about what well, we can do that as a church body how about the church that are watching us right now yeah. we i mean we 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 got game we need to ignite yeah. that's a good word <laughs> ignite we need to ignite Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Use that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's awesome. clears throat> you talked about fear can i talk off about fear for just a minute or do you where yes. you where are you, no, no, where are you no. going no talk about can fear. i can i interrupt you yep boy i'm getting really rude i only have uh <laughs> you go um how many of you tonight would say that you live your life by Proverbs 3.5? Trust the Lord with your whole heart. need not understand. In all your ways, acknowledge him and what? He will direct your paths. You know? <clears throat> um, we have a bit of a problem with that. Yeah. I know you said it, but you don't mean it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the church today is full of scriptures that we quote, we sing, we share, and we don't live them. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most key ones. Do you trust the Lord with your whole heart? You know, the statistics tell us, that we look at several studies, so they come in us, so we know that we're talking clearly here. Over 80% of Americans, including Christians, are living in fear. They're living in fear. Over 80%, I mean, we're an exceptional church, we may, maybe it's only 75 here, but you get the point. <laughs> living in fear. We can say we're living in faith, but then uh, you know what's going to go on. I'm going to lose my job, and I got this health issue, and I don't know if I have my income, and is Trump going to be elected or not? I mean, the things we get we hold up is just really important to our life. It, it, all kinds of things to be afraid of. The byline on this book here is "Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith." With effortless faith. How would people like to defeat fear with effortless faith? Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Well, that's what we're talking about here. You might, it's, it's a good book. You might want to buy this book on Ignite Life. We'll be selling it out in the patio, or they'll put up a QR code later on. But you defeat fear with effortless faith. You can't conjure up faith, can you? No. I mean, you, you got a problem, and you're going to, so you just, you pray and you pray, but no matter how hard you pray, you still have this doubt we've been there 50 years of this I I know what I'm talking about you just and we can get together and we can raise our voices God we trust you and God's saying I don't care about the sound of your voice I look at your hearts and you don't trust me you
0: know can I interrupt you on this this is church family this is a big deal because some of you have come from from faith groups where they have told you uh, uh just just get enough just get more faith yeah just get more faith. Come on, reach down and get it, like like it's oh, like it's you know it. like it's the water in a bucket, and you're just going to do the, just claim it. Yeah. Just 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 this, and they they hype it, and they hype it, and they push it, and they hype it. That's true. And yet, there's nothing substantial to that. And Barry's right. It, it's not the 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 vibrato of your prayer voice. It's not the, the uh, enthusiasm by which you, no, it's none of that. It's literally realizing, and I think the church, I think the church in the world, certainly in the West, suffers from this terribly, oh, and that is, we seem to be content, okay, with people around us going to hell uh, because we don't share. If we really believe, William Booth said this, the founder of Salvation Army, he said, if I could take uh, my he called he called his, his people his soldiers. He said, if I could take our, our soldiers, fellow evangelists, and suspend them over hell mm. for five minutes so <laughs> they could see it, yeah. Yeah. they would never backslide. Yeah. Wow. And you think about that. If we really believed that when a person breathes their last breath without Christ, that it's a Christless eternity, we would be motivated to tell people. And we wind up loving our own fear and intimidation more than that person's soul because we talk ourselves out of sharing Christ with that person. And I'll prove it to you. Instead of getting to the point, we'll dance around the point. We'll... we'll, we know the Spirit of God is speaking to share with that individual, but we'll fumble and walk up and say, do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Oh, good. And walk away. <laughs> that doesn't work. No. That's, that's not evangelism. No. And that's not moving anybody closer to Jesus. Oh man, It's actually letting them care. And uh, sometimes look, don't think that Barry's just talking about the person that you pass by at that store or at that restaurant, just, you know, once in a lifetime moment. It's, it includes that person, but what about your, the power that you have to share with the people that you see on a consistent basis at work or in your neighborhood? That is powerful stuff.
1: It it is. Um, But at the same time, right, right along. I mean, we're all. I have pastors tell me, you know, that's for you. You're in the world. I'm a pastor, Mm. and so I don't, I don't get to do that. And I say to them, uh, Do you you never go to um, Starbucks? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. You you never go to Walmart. Uh, You never get in a in a in a a waiting room. You know, I mean, do are you just a you just stay away from? Well, no idea. Well. Every time you do that, you're everywhere you go, you're, you're surrounded saving. by 80% of the people are, stra- right. are, are, are unsaved. Yeah. Even when they say they're saved, they're not saved. Yep. Even Christians in church aren't saved, they say they're <laughs> saved, so it, it's crazy. Let's go back to this trust for a moment, yeah, because I think absolutely. it's really critical. And, and you're right, people are having a problem, they say, you just gotta trust. It sounds so ecclesiastical. So one, oh, that's why I go, I gotta trust more. That but the work. more you try, it doesn't. You can't do that, folks. You must know that you can't just trust yourself into trust. You can't do it. It's impossible. So how do you get to wholehearted trust? You want him to direct your steps, right? You want God to direct your steps. You have to have wholehearted trust before He'll direct your steps. Well, He can do anything. He's sovereign. He but you know for a fact that He's directing your steps when you have wholehearted faith. Okay. There's a lot of scriptures that play to that. Uh, James 1 talks about, I will give you what you pray for, but but don't waver. Mm-hmm. If you waver when you're praying between faith and worrying, um, you're like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. You're, you're a double-minded man. Let not that man expect to receive anything from me. What he's basically saying is, if you're wavering, he has no obligation to answer your prayers. Do you want to pray prayers where where you don't know he's answering your prayers? If you're worrying tonight, that's where you are. He makes it very clear. Okay, I mean, think about that. I mean, it's crazy. So, how do you get to wholehearted faith? That's that's the issue. There's a scripture that we all know that most Christians almost act like it's not there, or they quote a lot. All things work together for good. You know, we all the heathen know that. But do you believe it? Almost everybody here can say, well, it's not working real good for me right now. <laughs> you know, that must be for somebody else. It doesn't work for me. You have to read the whole scripture. When he said, I came to seek and save the lost, that none be lost, there's going to be a lot of folks lost. In fact, most of you will be lost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's this thing about confessing your sins and bending your knee and accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. There's, it's, a, it's, a, it's teamwork. We come together. So he says, I promise you, this is God talking. He means it. He doesn't fool around. He promises every single one of you, I will make everything for now until you get to heaven. For those of you who are Christians, think about it. He's promised every one of us, every one of you, that he'll make everything in your life work together for good. Uh, If you do two things, it's, it's a whole, it's a, you gotta read the whole, the whole verse, right? To those who love me, that's it. First love, right? And you love him, you do the first work. To those who love me, to those who live for my purpose. That's it. That's it. We're always looking for our purpose. Here more of you say, I'm praying for God so find out what God's purpose." He didn't have a purpose for you. I'm sorry he doesn't. <laughs> he has a plan for you to fulfill His purpose. We live for one purpose to seek and save the lost. That's his purpose for you. And when you live in that, you live in the promise. Think about it. When you live in that, when you're doing that, when you live every day to move everybody every day closer to Jesus, he makes sure everything in life works together for good. You can't get better than that. I mean, after John three sixteen, I don't know a better verse in the entire Bible. And we just kind of pass it off as, you know, just we quote that first part and go on and pay no attention to it. It's exactly right. I'm so glad you pointed that out because remember...
0: When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, you guys are aware of this. Do you remember what Satan did when he was quoting the Bible? By the way, he did the same thing with Eve in the garden. He, he misquotes the scripture, but it's so, it's so subtle that even you have to read the verse a few times to figure out what, what, what's wrong? What's the, what's the mistake here? It's absolutely remarkable. When Satan is tempting Eve away from God, he drops a word or he'll add a word. When he's trying to get Jesus to stop trusting his father in the wilderness of Judea when he was starving to death and fasting, Satan drops just a word. So when we say, well, you know, all things work together for good. What are you talking about? Literally, that could be in a fortune cookie. It has no power. You say, Pastor Jack, how dare you say that? You're quoting the Bible. That's not the Bible. That's, you're using a third of the verse. Satan would probably use 80% of the verse. Yeah. But you said it exactly right. <clears throat> the prerequisite is to love God. Friends, listen for all of us right now. This is a great exhortation coming from Barry. If we decide tonight, and you can, to love God. And secondly, to live according to his purposes. Listen, then why should we worry? How can we worry? I have found in my life that the early years of my Christianity, worrying was was really a habit that I took over from my unbelieving life and I carried it into my Christianity. And it it didn't work. It didn't go well because I would pray. Listen, I would pray and then wonder why nothing's happening because I was that man in the book of James. (laughs) I was asking God, but I was wavering. I was (laughs) doubting if God would even do such a thing. But when I love him, that's a decision you make. And I say tonight, Lord, because I love you, I want to live according to your plan, your purpose for my life. Yeah. Then what happens from this moment forward is to do Proverbs 3. It's to, it's to actually enjoy. What was the subtitle? Defeat fear with effortless faith. That almost sounds crazy, but it's not. When you realize, remember, faith, it's not the faith. Just have more faith. Forget that. Don't let anybody tell you, dude, you just need more faith. No, you know what? What we need is a more clear view of God. When we see the object of our faith is not faith. Yeah. The object yeah. of our faith is God. When we yeah. see him. that's Listen, yeah. that's what Sundays and Wednesdays are for. To, to fuel you, fuel you and fill you with more knowledge of him so that your faith is growing so that you go out there more boldly to tell others because listen god will see to it that your life will be living out the purpose for which he created it and it's an absolutely back in the old days we would say live recklessly for jesus
1: because, you know, but that's it. It you isn't. Do. It you isn't. Do live recklessly you don't Jesus. need to worry. You, you do, you're do. Oh, the reckless abandon. There's no fear. It's freedom. I yes. got to tell you, it's freedom. That's, that's when you know word. God's making everything in life work together for good, it, it immediately ends fear. It's gone. Karen and I do not live in fear. I, I don't mind saying it. How can you say that? We don't live in fear. Bad things happen to us. A lot of bad things happen to us. We don't fear it. In fact, with bad things happening to us now, we don't pray about it anymore. I know the, fair, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. I understand all those. But I also know he knows my petitions before I even give them. Yeah. <laughs> and so when bad stuff comes in, we just say, you know, we're going, okay, God, here you go again. You have something to teach us or, you know, somebody's going to come in, you know, you, you have a flat tire and you're on your way to a big appointment. Oh, thanks a lot, God. That's, just, that's Where are you now? I mean, God... Right when I needed you, you know. And then the guy comes from AAA and he starts working your tire. He has a bad countenance. You start interchanging with him and find out his son just committed suicide the night before. And you realize what it's all about. And then you find out the B you're going to got canceled anyway. I mean, that's these, these things happen. They're real life. This is, this is how life works. So when you see it, when things are going wrong in your life, let me tell you, God's up to something and it's not wrong and you get it's, excited
0: it it's not wrong
1: that's freedom yeah that's freedom i'll give you a couple of examples i'll, I'll give you one but you know um I, I was in the hospital 2010 i was dying doctors gave up on me we had people and some people are here even tonight praying and crying and whatever Karen and i didn't cry <laughs> And, and he brought us through that. It's a long story, if you wanna read about it, it's in, it's in the book, but I mean, that was, that was. Uh, we lost our, our 49-year-old daughter, we have two daughters, and our 49-year-old daughter died on us uh, four years ago, last week.
0: Mm.
1: Um, kind of tough. We didn't lose our joy. And she was a prolific faith sharer. The people have come to the Lord since then. You can actually go to her, go to YouTube, a Nicole McGuire celebration of life. Over 11,000 people have watched a video of a funeral and many of them have gotten saved. Right? So, um, I'm a businessman. If I could tell you the things we've been through in business, oh my goodness. But I ended up with my, my dad passed away. His brother passed away. I ended up with the with a half brother, he would never waxed a car in his life, and he was—he was just <laughs> Tony totally Containers. His two sons—they hated me, and they sold their half of the company to a joint venture partner. And we put together a board, and I had three board members. He had three board members, all attorneys, and then we elected a, a seventh independent board member. What I found out too late was he always bought off the seventh. <laughs> the odd number of board members who can control the one, it. The one and I found the out man. the next morning he's gonna throw me out of my company. Uh, I was 65 years old. Uh, my income was gone. I hadn't prepared for retirement at that, at that point. Um, my reputation, you know, my testimony. There's Barry McGuire, the Christian, he just lost his company, where's his God now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I was facing that night, okay? You know what I prayed? I almost didn't pray, Uh, but I did pray. I said, God, this is going to be the shortest prayer of my life because I ask you for nothing. I want nothing. I love you. You're in control uh, because of two things. You know I live for your purpose. I do it every day. You know I live for your purpose, and I know you honor your word. And and that means he's going to make it for good. I didn't know how.
0: That's exactly
1: right. But, but as God, I, I'm telling you, I have experienced, Karen and I have experienced 50 years of living this. We know what we're talking about. That, that's what, the stories in here are pretty interesting, but more importantly, there's scriptures. If you just read the scriptures in this book through 26 chapters, at the end, you're going to be jumping for joy and getting out there showing you that the scriptures alone will get you there. So that night, as God's listening to me right now, he's checking me, but that night I, I crawled in bed I went to sleep immediately. I didn't toss and turn. I slept all night. I never woke up. I woke up fresh and I went to my attorney's office the next morning uh, to take that conference call, right? (laughs) Uh, You got to read the book. (laughs) No, no. Woo! You got to tell them. uh, in, in, In about eight minutes.
0: Eight minutes. It took
1: eight minutes and my joint venture partner was so, he was cussing me out. It was GD this and F and this and all this stuff. And I I broke out laughing. It was hilarious. I mean, it's fun serving God (laughs) And, and knowing that you're living in the promise. I call it the fog. Follow the nudge, live in the fog. Follow the nudge, live in the fog. We all know what the nudge is. Uh, Bill just found out he's got cancer. I need to call him. Oh, but I don't know what I gotta say. I I, I let somebody else talk to him,
0: Mm -mm.
1: you know? I'm sitting with an unsaved friend, and almost every time they're pouring out their heart about how bad things are. I should pray for them. Oh, but if I after that, he'll think I'm a fool and I could lose my business or, you know, the sale or whatever. You walk by somebody, you see them hurting and I should help, but, uh, you know, I got, you know, I'm busy. So all these nudges, you know what we're talking about. When you follow the nudge, you live in the fog. You live in the favor of God.
0: Favor of God.
1: You live in the favor. You live in the promise. I like that of romans 8 28 folks this is real stuff i gotta tell you this is real stuff you want to ignite your life that's the title of the book ignite your life it's about it's secondarily let me tell you it's secondarily about reaching the lost i gotta tell you it is and 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 he tells us that in isaiah 43 10. Mm -hmm. there's this powerful scripture that we only found about three years ago and i think we have the verse. we jumped up and down when we saw this (laughs) this is crazy and I, this is Isaiah I say it now, right? 43, you are my witnesses, says Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know. No. Not that you may know more. He says, ultimately, this, is not by trusting more, not by conjuring up more trust, not by having more prayer meetings, and sorry, I believe in prayer meetings, I don't want to mock all that, but the fact of the matter is, he says, when you're my witness, when you're living for my purpose, that you may know and believe and understand that I am God. Amen. Wow. I mean, that's this is incredible. You follow what I'm saying? This is amazing. This is a life changer. It'll change every life in this room. It can change Southern California. If we, if we light this spark here and we resolve, all of us, we're going to move everybody every day closer to you. We can take all the largeness of what we get from this fabulous church and give it legs and take it out he can't do it by himself he's teaching us. we can't have more there's no better church than Jack Gibbs in this church but we're sitting around and doing nothing about it and we can vote and we can do all this stuff we need to get involved in the political process and all that but the number one thing we're called to do <laughs> share hey, faith live for God's purpose yeah
0: I'm looking at this and um, I'm blown away because that statement I am understand that I am he. Mm. You guys know that that's what Jesus in John's gospel specifically stated I think seven times the I am statements of Christ. Many of us remember a guy at Calvary Costa Mesa years back. And I love the fact that God died for our sins not our personalities. Because the man I'm going to mention is completely different than Barry, and is completely different than me, than all of us. We're all different. But through the proverbial school of hard knocks, he he learned the value of sharing Christ in places where none of us could get to, and very unique ways. And I'm talking about Chuck Missler, if anybody remembers him he would be able to share jesus in boardrooms and and on on you know the the most unique situations where nobody gets into but he learned that through very difficult impossible times god came through and i think if i remember right he he went bankrupt i think Three or four times by businesses being taken out from underneath his feet, and and why and you know having nothing, and through that process trusting God again and, and again, and then his, then his marriage almost fell apart, and God spoke to him and said, "You're the one that's destroying this marriage. You're the one that needs yeah. to yeah. put your yeah. faith in me." And one of the things that we struggle with. And I used to think it's a it's a man's thing, but I don't think it's a man's thing anymore. I think it's in everybody's thing, and that is well, I'll fix it I'll, i I think I can make it through. I can take care of this, and you probably can, but the problem is it's not going to last. it won't endure, and you're just putting a band aid on something. That God wants to actually either completely fix or remove from your life. But this God that is the I am. When Barry says you don't need to worry, when we say, look, I grew up in a home, my mother could have gotten a master's or a doctorate degree in worrying. She was a master, she was amazing at it. She would literally worry about tomorrow's sun coming up. She worried about everything. And so I inherited a lot of that. And then I met Jesus and he just began to push that out of my life. But the joy of having him in control, friends, listen, this world will throw you some pretty mean fastballs. And there's nothing fair in this life. You need to to just wake up to that right now. There's nothing fair in this world. But God. And when he does this, when he does this uh, work in the life of those who decide to love him and to live their life for his purpose, we're not kidding when we tell you, you don't need to worry. You can literally rest your life and your concerns in his care because that Chuck Missler in a Wednesday night Bible study said something that Lisa and I, we've not forgotten in over 40 years. He said, you know, when we worry, rather than trust God, when we worry, we are assuming to ourselves a responsibility that was never intended to be ours. Amen. You think that through for a moment. Yeah. The proof of that is 99% of the stuff you worry about never happens. Absolutely. We're falling for Satan's tricks to keep us bound and
1: intimidated. So that we sit silent and we don't see the marvelous work of but God. When we're, when we're worrying, we're saying, "God, I don't trust you." Yeah, true. It's an offense to God. I got to tell you, it, it, it offends God when we're worrying. It just shouts the message: "I don't trust you. I got to work it out myself because I don't trust you, God." That's that's not right. Um, we don't we don't get beat up. I'm sorry. Uh, we another thing we hear: bless those who who persecutes you, you know, like you're gonna get, I've never been persecuted. <laughs> we've been sharing our faith every day for 50 years, we've never been persecuted. Never got anybody mad at us. You know, you don't get people mad at you when you tell them God loves you. If you want to put a put, put, put finger in their eye and say, you know, you're going to hell, I mean, there's things you can do. But when you take the other side and you're just sharing, it doesn't take you out of your comfort zone, you just stay in your comfort zone. If we're Christians, we love on people. That's what we do. And so you just share love. You love on people. And it may may go an inch or a mile, but whatever it is, you just flow with it. You know what? Within five minutes, people would tell you things they won't tell their best friends. It's the most amazing thing. They will open up and share things with you. I We got split up on an airplane, and Karen, we didn't, wasn't it? But when we got split up, we said, well, we must be, God's in it, you know? <laughs> it happens every time. And a young gal sat beside me, and and she saw I had a Bible, and she asked "You pastor, no, what are you, I'm a Christian, and I, I'm, I'm a businessman, but I love the Lord. And she said, well, God doesn't love me very much, and uh, mm. can't love me. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And she was in a lesbian affair, and I said, you have no idea how much God loves you. And she looked at me like, there's no way. So, I mean, you just, you Is go into amazing? it. By the way, the same we're, we're landing. I'm praying for her as we're landing, right? And it was just a chance. We've got a million stories on those things. But there's people all around you. When you're loved on them, the Holy Spirit confirms with them. God's already dealing with everybody. He's already dealing with them. And so when you come into any conversation, there is nothing secular, folks. I got to tell you, there's nothing in your life. Christians, hear me. There's nothing in your life that's secular. That's right. It's all spiritual. You're in full-time ministry. Every conversation you have is spiritual. You need to understand that. Uh, There's so many things to understand, but the repetitive of scripture that hits it over and over again. Um, First love, we love him first. And, and, and if you love him first, you do the first work. Then it's what's the most uh, important commandment. He says the very love, same thing. Love the other. Love me first. Yeah. And then love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if you love your neighbor as yourself, and your labor is everybody around you, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you love, you're as concerned for their salvation as you are your own. In fact, you may be their only hope. Mm-hmm. So that changes everything that you do. You may say to me, and I get people say, you mean if I do that indulgence, uh, you know, I'm going to go to hell? No. But is that indulgence helping you lead people to Jesus, really? From the things you look at, the things you laugh at, the things you wear, on and on and on. So all of a sudden you start bringing everything. Not because you want to be inside the law and be, you know, be legal. You just want to have the joy of knowing everything I'm doing is moving people closer to Jesus. Isn't it
0: amazing, Barry, that that young woman knew that she was in despair? She knew.
1: Oh, Oh, she knew. Because the Holy Spirit—that's Holy Spirit—had gone before you. Yeah. Catch, capture this. There is a word, salvationing. When God loves you, He's salvationing you. Think about it. He's salvationing you. The whole purpose of His love is to salvation you to bring you to heaven. Okay. When you talk, he he chooses to reach people through us. It's so incredible, but he chooses us amazing to to send his message. Right. So when you're talking to people, yes, you're talking to them, but he's also salvationing people through you. That changes every conversation. You want every conversation to move that person closer to Jesus. Not just by yourself, because the Holy Spirit is speaking through you in salvation. Everybody you're talking to—that changes life. Everything, everything, it all—it all, it all changes. It's just crazy. I want to throw something out there that um, maybe somebody's
0: feeling or sensing. Barry, that sounds great. I'm going to get right on that, but I've already left the trail behind me. I've got a neighbor that I've blown my witness with, or I've or family, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, what would you say to them, rather than write off that neighbor or that family member that you've blown your witness with? Which I, pr- I personally believe that there's a, a powerful God-given tool in that situation. But what would you say to somebody who thinks, well, I'm going to start sharing with people tomorrow, Barry? <laughs> but boy, I, I sure ruined my witness with with my neighbor. Or with I, my... I've got it.
1: You know, um, we make mistakes. Uh, less and less all the time. When you go back to somebody and say, I need to talk to you because I'm convicted. I said something to you that's that I, sh- I should not have said. That's it. And I want to ask your forgiveness. You melt people. People want, they don't want to be angry. <laughs> they want God. And that's showing them that God is actually active in your life so you can actually use it as a plus, okay? Um, this thing of sharing faith. Let me give you an example right quick. Um, there's so many to pull, I just, I thought, I'm I'm in a hotel, Karen and I are in a hotel and we, we're we're racing, we're wanting to race to get to a restaurant because our friend who, if he gets there first, he'll give them his credit card, he's beat me, it's a kind of a contest between us, right? So, uh, the Uber app wouldn't work. So I say, Karen, we got to get downstairs right quick, get outside the hotel so I can get my Uber after, he's okay. So we go down there, it wouldn't work. So Karen says, uh, you better get that taxi. Good idea. Uh, just, you know, she keeps me organized. Okay, I need that taxi. And he said, oh, that taxi's spoken for. Uh, what's it, who, who? He said, well, there's a lady back there by the front door, it's her taxi. I look back, oh, okay. Well, how long will it take to get another taxi? He said, well, it's five o'clock, there's it's done here. It could take about 15 minutes. And at that point, blood started to drain from my head. I do "Oh no, I'm in big trouble. And about that, time, I hear, sir, sir. I looked around. It was that lady, and and she said, "Sir, just go ahead and take my taxi." I said, "What?" She's my husband's upstairs. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Maybe ten minutes. We'll just get the next taxi. Go for it. I said, "Okay." So we get in the taxi, and whoa, we're thrown back in the seat. And there's spinning tires, and there's profanity from the first sentence. This guy is out of control. Cussing, and where and where oh, <laughs> do you want to go? And we're looking, and if you weren't, you know, think about sharing your faith, you might say the first time this thing stops, I'm getting out of this car, right? <laughs> but but we just roll with it and say, okay, God, what do you want us to do? And he'll always give you a word. He'll always give you the word. Luke 12, 12 I'll always give you the words to say. And it's it's it, he just right on time, every time. And so I said, do you know, uh, a God would like to say to you, you know, um, come unto me, all you are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. And he yells, he says, it's the same intensity of his yelling, right, Karen? He says, boy, do I need rest. <laughs> we had him. So from there to the rest of it, man, we're giving scripture after scripture after scripture. And by the time we get there, he's in tears and, and we get out. I said, I tell you what, if you'll give me where you live. Oh, he says, I need, before we got there, he's, oh my God, He says, I need God. I need to get in church. That's, uh, God must have put you in my car. I said, yeah, I think so. So we, so we get there, so I said, Tell me, give me your address, where you live, and your cell number, and I would text you the name of a good church. in your area." you can not send anybody, you, oh. you can't send people to church anymore, folks. Oh, so Only sad. 10% of churches are preaching salvation anymore. If you, 90% chance you'll send somebody to church that will be woke and take them out. You can't do that. You gotta be very careful. Send them to the Jack Hibbs Real Life with Jack Hibbs, right? So, uh, he said, okay, he, we exchanged, I said, can we pray you? He said, oh man, would you pray for me? And said, so here's the three wow. of us, in, in the flesh of his headlights, right, in front, of the, in front of the restaurant, and people walking in and out in cars, and we're praying in tears, weeping together. It was. We talked about it afterwards, how funny that was to look to people, but we were just focused. I don't remember anything else in that week, really, but I remember that moment. You that just, we changed his life. Absolutely. What, and wait a minute. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, no, no. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. This it, is important. I don't want to lose it. Think about what God had to go through. Think, think about what God had to go through. That's true. Right? Yeah. He had to stop my Uber app from working. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, he had to keep the, the gal's husband upstairs. Yeah. True. Right? He had to get that driver there at exactly the right time for us to step in the car. Right. Can you believe that? that I mean, you look at what God does. He orchestrates our steps. He orchestrates the steps of others. I'm saying this, it was an impact on his life. I don't know where that went. I mean, you have your moment, you go on. But I want to tell you what it did for our lives. Mm. What do you think it did for our faith? Do you think anybody's gonna challenge our faith? Do you think anybody could take our faith away from it? No way. Isaiah 43, 310, I point to you as my my uh, witness so that you will believe. And we have those all the time. And the joy keeps building and it gets so much fun and life is somewhere, we're 80 years old and we're having the time of our lives. And it's well, just, you know, it's, it's just amazing. It's, but you don't have to wait till you're 80. <laughs> you know, you can start it right now.
0: <laughs> this, I, we can't stress enough that this is the key to your Christianity is sharing your faith. When you look at the opening moments of the book of Acts, for example, or the gospels, notice that this brother in the gospel goes and shares with his brother or this person shares with the other. And just the organic nature of God, you jarred my memory. I have not had this thought in decades. I was, well, Lisa and I were married at the time. Early, it was Newport Beach. I remember walking by the pier. We were sharing with people the gospel. It was a Saturday night. There was a, a, I don't know what they call them today, but you you know what a chopper gang is? With the leather jackets and the sleeveless and these guys were huge. Huge. They were just huge, intimidating guys and they're drinking and cussing and they had a girl on each arm. And I had my Bible and uh, I had this feeling of, oh man, these guys are drunk, they're mouthing off. I don't know what's gonna happen next. We just need to walk faster. Let's just walk faster because this is kind of scary. This is kind of spooky. And um, you could tell. You know that sense of discernment where this, is, this could go around. Rat- These guys could start throwing motorcycles through windows. It's bad. I mean, they were big enough. And I got past them. And uh, a friend of ours was with us. And you mentioned <clears throat> the nudge. The nudge hit me. And the thought was this in my mind. And this is not me. Remember, I've told you guys often that when God speaks to you, he'll use your voice, but he'll use words that you know are not yours. In your head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is what was in my head. I died for them as I died for you. I died for you and I died for them. And I knew exactly what that meant. And I told my buddy, I said, we have to go tell those guys yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And I walked up and I didn't know what to say. And I'm telling you guys, they're massively intimidating, huge. <laughs> and drunk. And so God had me walk up to the biggest one of them all. No, I'm serious. I walked <clears throat> straight up to the guy and I said, excuse me, before you kill me? No, I'm serious. God's my witness. I said, excuse me, before you kill me, I'm a Christian and I want to tell you the gospel. And the guy just goes, Oh, that's funny, man. That's funny. Hey, guys, he, this guy wants to tell me the good news. Oh. So, so, so what is it? Well, I started telling him the gospel and a couple of guys were laughing and he said, shut up. Go on. Gave him the gospel. And it was so sad, but maybe not hopefully in eternity. He said, hey, listen, I have to stop you right there. He said, I, I grew up in a church setting. I, 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 know, I know the gospel, but I've never lived it. And he, he, he said, you know, listen, I, I, I guarantee you, God would not want me in his heaven." So you think about right there, you're thinking the exact same thing I was thinking at that moment. Mm-hmm. This is exactly mm-hmm. the people. Yes. You're exactly the person yes. that God wants in heaven. Yes. You're exactly the person. <laughs> and he goes, nope, nope. He goes, I'm gonna get on this bike someday, I don't know when, and I'm just gonna take this thing up to full speed and I'm just gonna roll off the back of this bike because I know heaven would never have me. And I said, "You're absolutely wrong," and I'm going to be praying that you never do that, but that you accept Christ. And I walked away, and there was a there was a silence, there was a quietness in that in that group, and I just walked away. And I have to tell you, there wasn't a release and a relief of "Oh, I made it out alive." That never entered my mind. There was a an there was a bittersweet, there was an aching joy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I flew over the target, so to speak. I dropped the bomb. I did the mission. But even though he didn't accept Christ, the joy was in obedience to what God had told me to do.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I knew that mm-hmm. the way it happened, the way it, it came about was under God's control. My prayer was, and it went on for a long time. Lord, don't let that guy die like that. And I have to believe, you know, listen, God is so good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna grab a rabbit's foot and rub it and say, Oh, it's all it all it's it's all good, he's fine, he's in heaven. I don't know that, but I know this. Isaiah fifty five, eleven says, God says, My word will never return void. It will accomplish the very thing for which I sent it. So so as we wrap this up, think about this for a moment. Two absolutely opposite individuals, both in lifestyle and in body size and conduct, God engineered to to meet up over one centrality of issue, which was the gospel, and the result is up to God. Listen, none of us are going to save anybody, He saves. He's determined already at the cross how that works. We are just to tell people who he is and there's power in your testimony. Tell people what he's done in your life. And if you must, you can say to people at the grocery store, listen, don't think I'm crazy, but I believe God has prompted my heart to say to you, is there anything that I can pray for you for? 90% of the time, maybe higher, people are going to say, Yeah, you know what? My daughter's really sick. When that door opens, even in your prayer, you can say, Lord, I just pray for this young man's baby girl, this daughter, and Jesus. If you died on the cross for our sins and you rose again from the dead to give us eternal life, you've got the power to heal this little girl. May, the, may Lord, if it be your will, by the time this man gets home from this store, that that baby be healed. We, we leave that in your care. In Jesus' name, amen. You just shared love. You just cared. You gave them the gospel, and you gave them hope, and the rest is up to God. Yeah, yeah but what if? Leave it to God. Leave it to God. Barry, yeah. you gotta wrap this up.
1: Uh, well, we're getting close on time. So many things I'd like to say. I, w- I would say that when you, when you're talking to me most time, you don't have to get into a question of, can I pray for you? Or I'm a Christian or just love on them. It's, it's real simple. Just love on them. Don't be spiritual. Just love on them. <laughs> and when they realize that you're sincere, they open up. It happens quickly. Hmm. It, it, it just—it's just absolutely amazing. Secondly, stop just trying to be good people. Uh, most evangelicals today believe that being a good person is being a witness. Yep. Most actually think they can get into heaven the, now. A lot of people that's by right. being a good person. Being a good person doesn't get anybody into heaven. That's right. It, it's it's <laughs> worthless. It's, it's worthless. Right. I had a friend walk out of a restaurant with me a while back and, and uh, he said, you see the guy in there cleaning the restroom? I said, yeah, he said, I gave him 20 bucks and Tony's doing a good job. I said, well, that's really wonderful. Uh, what, what did that accomplish? He said, well, I made him feel real good. I said, yeah, I think it made you feel real good too. Uh, but what did it do for eternity? I mean, if, if you had gone up to him and said, you know, God just prompted me to give you $20 so, he just wants you to know that he loves you. Mm. Same amount of effort. We need to reprogram our mind so that we're That's thinking right. in terms of what's going on. That's right. Secondly, you have all these people you have opportunity to talk to, and you only have a moment. Most, most faith sharing opportunities are momentary, there are people all around you. We have cards, you can get them free of charge. By the way, we have a website, igniteamerica.com. You go there, there's no sign-ins, no password, you can't give us money. <laughs> but it's just right into helping you understand how to share your faith and all kinds of people besides me, don't look anything like me. But, but you can order these cards, Seeking God cards. Igniteamerica.com is a website you order these cards. So when you're talking to somebody and, and at the end, you say, it sounds like you're really interested in God. Yeah, you'd like to know more, yeah. Um, Why don't you just take this card. Uh, This will tell you, I just gave you a touch. This will tell you how much God loves you. Emphasize God loves you. How much God loves you. And he wants you to spend eternity in heaven with him. And it'll take him all the way from no knowledge to the sinner's prayer on one website. It's a very robust website. That thing works really, really cool. So um, I'll give you one more quick story. Yes. Yes. We're at Cracker Barrel in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and Brandy comes up to us, and uh, uh, we ask, uh, she starts asking us for our food, and we develop a relationship, and we said to her, um, uh, we often ask our service anything we can pray for you about, when we're praying for her, and she broke into tears. And she explained that her best friend was a trucker, and uh, he had just gotten a call that while he was out of state, his daughter was found naked in the back end of a truck, Uh, unconscious Mm. and by the time he got home uh, he got to her and she died about 20 minutes later Mm. so um you know it's like real quick (laughs) what do you what do you say what do you say and I never give out my number but in this case I wrote down Barry McGuire number I said would you give him my number uh Karen I lost our daughter and there may be something that I can say to him that will comfort him so the next morning he called me, he says, uh, Mr. McGuire, my name is Dan, and you talked to my friend Brandy at the Cracker Barrel yesterday. I said, oh, yeah. He says, well, let me tell you, um, I'm a Christian, and my daughter's a Christian, okay? He says, but beyond that, I'm a car guy. And, and I watched you for like 18 years, the TV show. I feel like I know you. And I watch you on social media, and I know how you minister to people. And I even know, you lost your daughter.
0: Mm.
1: He said, can you imagine what it meant to me when my best friend said, Barry McGuire, that you want me to call you? Can you imagine what that meant mm. to me? I broke out laughing. I literally broke out laughing. I said, you don't need me. <laughs> Do you realize what God just did for you? I'm, I'm from California. <laughs> I pedal car wax. I know the Lord. You're from Missouri. And here we are talking to the phone writer. He said, Oh my goodness, you're right. Mm. We developed a friendship and we helped him through his anger. Now he's sharing his faith. I talked I talked to Dan today. He Did was in you? Otterville, Missouri, and he explained the cornfields and everything he was seeing. I said, What was your last faith sharing experience? He said, Well, at the other day I was wearing my uh, all I need for more, all I need in the morning is my coffee and Jesus. that's that hobby lobby shirt yeah and so you know and he's off sharing his faith right he he was so bogged down in anger and we helped him through that anger god if we had not lost our daughter i remember and worked through the anger in our lives we could not have helped dan working through the anger in his life wow so um this is a full-time deal folks it can change it can change your life it really can we talked Mm -hmm. a little bit about how we could challenge uh, our folks and do this on a more, uh, resolute base. I don't know yeah, how we do that. We, we, we'd...
0: we can just like real quick start even now. Uh, but I can preface it this way. So you guys for over a year, Barry had been saying, um, Jack, you need to make your, your Sunday morning service available more quickly because I have, I have a network of people that I send it out to and, and, uh, It just wasn't working right, or whatever the case might be. I don't understand that stuff. But um, we finally just did what he was saying. And I don't know how long this has been now, a couple months maybe. Yeah, a couple months, yeah. So at the end of my notes, if anybody gets my notes online, you you, you can get them. You can get the notes before you come to church on Sunday, and you can follow along with me, which is impossible to do. (laughs) But. At the end, if you notice, it says BMR. Anybody, anybody has, if you've seen, at the last page, it says BMR, and that's to remind me, to say to all of you, that um, if this sermon today is speaking to you, uh, it's going to be loaded up quickly, grab that link, and send it out to 10 or 20 people, or your email blast, and and get it out i 'll preach the message, but you and I will work together to get it out to more and more people. That was one hundred percent barry 's idea that 's why it's BMR is barry mcguire 's request <laughs> that 's what BMR means on my notes and uh, I think the first week uh, he we did that there was a, we, we went from hundreds several hundred thousand views to over a million views. So you did your job. In that same genre, uh, Barry wants to challenge the church. And and I think this is a a great word. And you want to tell them?
1: Go ahead. You want me to? I will. Yeah. Well, um, can you imagine if we all started moving everybody every day closer to Jesus? Can you imagine what could happen? Would that be fun? So, I mean, we have the greatest teacher in the world. Everybody's not here. We have that sermon on Sunday, Joey. I mean, oh, Joel! unbelievable. Listen. We're trained well. We have the word, but we need to go out. We need to go share it. And, and do it with fun and energy and loving on people. When you, once you start doing it, it just becomes so easy. It's like breathing. Literally, we pray without ceasing because as we're... As we're walking, we're saying, should we talk to that person? <laughs> we're not crazy. We, we have a business. You know, we have cars. We have boats. We like fun. We've... It's not that you're odd. It's just that that's all temporal. That's all going to burn. You, you realize everything you're doing to think of what you did today. What did you do today that's going to impact how you're going to live eternity? Mm. Do you know the only thing that matters 100 years from now is how many people will be in heaven because of your influence?
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: Think of that. The only thing that will matter when you're in eternity is how many people are, will be in heaven because of your influence. You have lots of influence. It's time to start using that influence. So we're just talking before the service about how we could possibly start, yep. you know, getting everybody doing that and reporting back and perhaps maybe having yep. a website of some sort. So we talked about um, creating a, a, a web,
0: website location or a Either a separate website or a location on our website where we can have you, we can encourage you with the challenge to share Christ, to move someone just one step closer to Jesus and to be able to post your experience. You can say, this is Mike and this is what happened to me today at Costco where I shared the Lord with this man And his response was this. So everybody, please pray for John, you know, at Costco or something like that. To where you can start sharing what you're doing will embolden others to do the same. This is actually an online testimony of what God Mm -hmm. is actually doing in real time. And I guess it would be something like God's, you know, God's storybook. Or, or story page about what right. he's doing through your life, uh, among others, yep. and no, it can okay. be Please. something where people will adopt that to pray. They'll
1: yep. they'll pick it up and yep. run with I it. Take it a step further. Um, most of you don't take notes, but I tell you what: if you take notes, you remember the sermon a whole lot better. Yes, so take notes. But also, if you take notes, if you take notes, you'll be much more prepared to share what you heard on Sunday morning yeah. that week. That's true, and and to see how often God will use what you learn. That you hear that wonderful message on Sunday morning, you walk out, and next Sunday you can't even remember what it was, unless you use it. That's After right. sets in, and you'll lose it. But when you use it, it becomes part of you. Oh, that's so true. And I say it becomes part of your tool chest, your your, your armory armory chest, where it has all your armor. You just keep having, you use it over and over. So if you'd start doing that now, resolve, starting tonight, if we may, we finish with a prayer, say every, resolve everybody, starting tonight, we move everybody every day closer to Jesus. Yeah. Come to church on Sunday and, and you won't have a website up by that, but if you, maybe you could announce on Sunday, we'd start seeing these coming in. Can you imagine thousands of, I mean, certainly hundreds, I mean, and we're talking about pastors watching us on air right now, they could do it themselves, it's so easy to do. And have people reporting in so all of a sudden you realize wow there are hundreds of people in this church that are sharing their faith and making a difference look at all that you got to get on it and by, you might call it peer pressure, a also realize we're doing it. And guess what, when you do it, once you get onto it, you're gonna be having the time of your life. I say, if you wanna have the time of your life for the rest of your life, just start sharing. your. The one thing we don't wanna do, the only thing in Christian we don't wanna do is share our faith. It would do anything to keep from sharing our faith. It's so so terrifying. And it's the one thing that it's the Great Commission. <laughs> It's everything over and over, and over. He says over and over again, that's what you're called to do. And when we do it, guess what? Secondarily, it wins the loss. but what it does for you, it gives you joy. You know, when you bear fruit, I'll give you joy. you by joy remains with you in Romans, um, uh, John fifteen, 11, I'll answer your prayers. I'll direct your steps. All that, all of that comes when you do this one thing, the one thing that you don't want to do. And that starts sharing your faith. And You can start doing it out. I'd just say we, we could all resolve and start moving everybody, everybody closer to you. Who knows where this might go? I mean you seriously. know,
0: I, I, I would say this it's not that you don't want to do it. I do believe what I read this morning in my morning devotional time, in the first chapter of the book, "I Talk back to the Devil," Strange title by A. W. Tozer. He talks about in that first chapter, the biggest problem with the church today is that he said Satan has intimidated the believer into silence. Oh, yeah. You think about that. Yeah. I read that randomly this morning, not knowing how we would do this tonight. No connection. It's not that you don't want to tell people about Jesus. You do. But that voice of that, that wicked one it's so intimidating. Oh, you'll probably yeah. blow it. You, you might make it worse.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Get this. Don't don't he's, listen to him. He's Satan's paralyzed us. We're static. We're we're absolutely paralyzed. Worse than that, he's sterilized us. Satan has sterilized us so we can't reproduce ourselves. He's happy for us to just say there, a the small group, and just stay yeah. there, and that's what he's done. We're down to one percent, only one percent of sharing our faith. He has sterilized the church yeah. to doing nothing. He has us exactly where he wants us yeah. to be, and, and that's we can start a move to start moving in. That's way. unacceptable. So yeah. we're we're gonna we're just
0: gonna agree together as a church now mm-hmm. uh, to take the gospel to the world mm. and don't. Don't think of that the person next to you is going to do it or that's for Jack and Barry to do or for somebody else. We, it's in, in one of his chapters, it's a team effort. It yeah. takes a team. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. <laughs> and I like that. So let's pray together. Can we all stand?
1: Hmm.
0: Let's pray. Father, we're asking you, Lord, tonight <clears throat> that the, the truth... That Barry has shared about announcing our King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the one who loves us the most, the one who will never leave us or forsake us, the one who says, come to me, I will never turn you away. The one who says, repent and believe, and you shall be saved. Hmm. Lord, I pray tonight that if there's any man, woman, boy, or girl with us right now or watching right now, that they would say, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Yes. And I ask you to wash away my sins and to put your Holy Spirit <clears throat> in my life mm. and to make me a brand new person. I, I want to start today, tonight, wherever you are in the world, I want to start this day brand new with you. Mm. The past is the past. It's gone, it's done. What it is, is what it is. But God, thank you that you are not affected by the past. You're not a God limited to the past. You are the forever God. And we are your forever family. And so, Father, we pray right now. And Lord, we, uh, we by no means do we want to come across as... as In a wrong way, calling these people to share, we come across, Lord, with exhortation.
1: Hmm. Yes.
0: To say, God, move by the power of your spirit, open up the moment of opportunity, starting tonight or tomorrow and every day after this, that we will know. And that we would present ourselves daily to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. What are we doing today, Jesus? What do you want to do? Whatever it is you want to do, Lord, do it with me. Yes. Every single one of us can pray that prayer. Mm-hmm. And so, God, I do pray that it would be the prayer of our hearts. Lord, I personally want to thank you for saving Barry and Karen McGuire. Lord, the, the people that you have used in their lifetime. To encourage them. That they're still standing today. I think of their good friend Dr. James Dobson. And so many others. Lord he touches people. They touch people that we would never touch. Never get the chance. Lord in their 80s. I can't believe it. Keep them going. And Lord God. Keep them healthy. Bless their family. Bless their grandkids. Bless their children. Father God, we pray that you bless, Lord, his business. And Father, what a beautiful testimony it is that what many people want out of life thinks, think that Barry and Karen have achieved that. Little do they know. But they know now, I guess, that they put Jesus first in all this and all that you've done has been very, very secondary at best With the things of this world. Spoil them. Show them your affection. Bless their love. Their life. And no weapon formed against them Lord. Shall it never prosper. Ever. And so Lord God we just thank you for tonight. We pray in Jesus name and all God's people said.